What's up, everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome to another exciting edition of Evening Alpha. Uh, it is, it is, uh, well, here it's Wednesday. If you're listening to this, who knows when you're listening to it, but um, we have an exciting show for you tonight. Uh, we have uh, a project, really more bigger than a project. I, you know, it's a protocol, and I always think protocols are very interesting things to dive into. Um, it's going to be phenomenal. It's fantastic. Uh, and uh, you know what? What I'm going to do is, is, I think I'm going to just jump in because I think this is going to be a really exciting uh, interview, a really exciting podcast, and I'm so excited to have our guest uh, here uh, today. Uh, Tim, Tim from Style Protocol. How you doing, man? Appreciate it. Yeah, Todd, thank you for having me. I'm doing really great over here uh, in Europe. For us, it's basically Thursday, but for you guys, it's Wednesday. So always GM, happy to be here. And Absolutely. Yeah. Great. So first question man like so tell us what is style protocol yeah for sure um it can be answered in a actual amazing 30 minute question but it can also uh, answer but it also can be explained in like two sentences we are basically um want to be the multiverse backbone and we want to enable the interoperability and the maximum utility maximization for nfts in the um virtual space what does that mean we basically um our whole protocol we're taking your two-dimensional nft um transform it into a 3d asset and bridge it into the different multiverses which are actually around like decentraland and sandbox and all these games this is basically what we're opening up that's wicked man and so my, my first question when I saw this, uh, uh, and everybody should go check out the website. Um, you can see it at the bottom of the screen if you're watching the video. If you're not, if you're listening to the podcast, it's bridge.protocol.style. Um, it's really slick website, and it, and it gets the point across pretty pretty directly, which I love. Um, I, I'm super curious, man. Like, So there are, there are other projects out there that talk about um, taking your avatar, making them into 3D for, for whatever. Um, is this when you're when you're bridging over into Decentraland and Sandbox and, and all these things, is this something that's is it like a, a back end system that's automated or is this something that you have a team and you have to manually do? How, how does it work? Yeah, actually, really great question. Um, so basically right now and from the technical standpoint of all the AIs even out there, which we know right now is um, that the whole creation of 3d assets right now and like i said also the next two to three years we think is not doable by ai so this is really only coming down by having 3d designers for different games on our mm. protocol which are really basically sitting on their laptops and on their pcs and creating your 3d asset by hand so we have we're actually in the chats with different bigger companies who want to actually build AAI, which is capable of creating a 3D asset out of a picture. Mm. Um, but uh, but yeah, honestly, and there are so many data points and so many stuff uh, which needs to be developed. So that's really down the road. We the, we all know um, Nvidia, I guess. Um, these guys are also working on some stuff uh, in this regarding the space, and even them. They say to us, it's, it takes them two to three years to have an AI such uh, for for actually being capable of. Because the really important thing about all of this is, yeah, 3D asset creation can be somewhat easy. But the harder part is actually every different metaverse or every different game have their different graphic requirements. Right. And they also are on different uh, running on different gaming engines like Unity and Unreal Engine 5. 
basically this is like the biggest component because humans then have to optimize the actual model for the game so this is basically also um the most important part why we need interoperability in the space what does interoperability mean it's basically taking one model optimizing them for all the different virtual worlds and then you can seamlessly jump um, between in them and this is basically what we're yeah opening up for for the whole space that's wicked yeah it's it's the i think it's the number one utility feature of at least at least with metaverse and gaming you know like we yes. talk about it internally all the time like I, i think everybody in the space has the idea that eventually that that character you have or that avatar becomes a character and, and transverses multiple different universes or multiple different metaverses yes. or the, the item that you bought in game a can be used in game b c d or, you know you just you are basically able to to use that across across multiple universes maybe yes. even even regardless of whether that that game that that item even came from the game right yeah, it's exactly. one thing to have to buy an item from company a and have it and have that go into company A's game one and game two. It's a completely different thing to go from company A to company G with that same item and yeah. just use it in that game. You know, it's crazy to think about. The complexity has got to yeah. be off the charts. And it's amazing that I think we can, we're actually moved, moving towards that, right? 100%, yeah. And it's really exactly like that. Um, because um, from right now, what we've, what we've been seeing is um, that um, most of the games were actually then, let's say they're using Unity. Even when then a metaverse or another game comes to us and, and is uh, developing the whole world on Unreal Engine 5, there's basically sitting a 3D designer on there like half a day optimizing an item for Unreal Engine 5 from Unity into Unreal Engine 5 itself yeah. because even the, automa uh, the animations maybe you have, um, let's take for example, um, what is a really basic example what everybody should or can know, you're shooting a gun in Call of Duty. Mm -hmm. you, you, you're shooting it, but basically all the animation while you're shooting the gun, you're pressing the um, click at the beginning you have maybe smoke which comes out the, out of the front because the, the bullet goes off and stuff like that these are all animations and when this stuff is not optimized for a game engine then the actual whole game begins to lag and every graphic begins to lag and stuff like that so this is basically all the optimization of the animations itself which needs to be done by even have this interoperability from uh, unity to unreal engine 5 this is Yeah, maybe just an example for a weapon. Um, when it comes down to whole avatars, I mean, you 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 get to work when you actually imagine you have a a suit out of maybe leaves or stuff like that, and the whole leaves are like flowing around. You need to touch actually every leaf and optimize right. it for Unreal Engine 5. This is yeah, it it is honestly um that way that people need to hop on like real humans actually need to hop on and there is no machine out there which can which can actually do that stuff um but yeah for us we have a um, really great designer team we even have a bigger age bigger agencies when we want to scale up later um where we can actually then get 3d designers from um so we're actually then tackling this problem um there will be then also like a tailored dao because we're in our ecosystem in the style protocol ecosystem a 3d designer is called taylor Because he's tailoring things, tailoring, but also right. optimizing the things. 
And um, we then obviously have a tailored DAO in the background. So from this DAO, you can then somewhat fetch a tailor, um, maybe for Decentraland. He's experiencing Decentraland stuff. The other guys um, experience in Sandbox. We have then a, a big DAO where the tailors all can catch the jobs from the oh, actual cool. people um, who have an NFT in their wallet. And then the protocol itself is a platform where then the tailors can choose their projects from. And so, yeah. so the tailors, so you, you kind of gather the talent into a DAO yes, exactly. and then, and then, um, so it, it's essentially, I mean, I'm, I'm going to web two Oh, it, it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of like having an old school job board, but obviously not yes. right. It's, it's more modern is more decentralization is more exactly. transparency, more yes. cash flow because the, because the way the, the web three works. Um, yes. but basically you can collect the talent and then the talent can pick the job and then, mm -hmm. I assume on the reverse side, the project can pick the tailors, uh, or or is that is it one way, or is it or is it coming the other way as well? Mm. Like a market, or is it just one sided? We actually thought about a long time about this, and we think for the beginning, because the protocol is not actually live. Um, that's mm. maybe a quick info for you guys. So the the website you see down below is basically our MVP. Um, like our minimum viable product, which actually works now since 10 months. And in the background, all our dev uh, all our developers are actually working on the platform itself. So mm. it's then bridge.protocol.style later on, and the MVP will be switched to the whole platform. It basically will also look like Uber, where you can go down the road and say, on Uber, you say like, I'm a driver or I'm a um, like guy who takes a drive. And mm -hmm. with us, it's like you have an NFT in your wallet and you want to create it in 3D or you're a 3D designer and you go down these two different paths uh, in the background. When you're a 3D designer, then you are coming into the backbone of the protocol. You see all the NFT jobs, which you can take. You see all the revenue, which you can get. You have dashboards, you have leaderboards. It's literally everything developed. And for actually the guys who then have the NFT in their wallet and want to transform it into 3D, um, you're basically only um, putting the job onto the platform and the tailor itself on the platform can then choose the different jobs. So you don't really have a connection to the tailor um, because that can be a problem. Mm -hmm. um, we actually having faced, we faced that problem in the, in the past, actually, while we're managing all through Discord. Because oh, like often, moving people offsite or something? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Some people saw that this respective tailor did awesome jobs. And then we also had another one who's also having uh, doing like a really great job, but they specifically want to have that tailor. But since we have a DAO and we have the whole talents in the DAO, you, you're basically then not able to choose the tailor, but the tailor can choose the job. Got because it. all the tailors are actually capable of doing the job. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. And I guess, I guess my next question is, you know, one of the challenges that I, I can imagine, because I've started off by having an animation anim uh, agency um years ago and so one of the one of the challenges i'm sure you guys are going to face i'm really curious how you're going to handle is when you have when you have that client come in and uh the, the tailor picks them right um how do you how do you manage things like revisions or style tweaks or sort of the the normal the normal everyday adjustments that company a is is usually going to want right like rarely, at least for me, rarely did I ever get someone that was just like, it's perfect. Don't touch it. It's, yeah. it's usually, you know, this, this back and forth revisions to a point where you're just like, oh my God, like yeah. two more, you get two more and that's it, you know? True. Yeah. The revision numbers. Yeah. 
Um, honestly, we solved that um, in an actual easy way. That's why we actually introduced the tailor DAO. So when a tailor finishes the job, all the other tailors then actually look up the NFT and look up the 3D model. And these tailors then say, yeah, it's good or it's not good. Not even the holder itself can say it's oh, good. Interesting. It's the tailors who are saying it's good. And then you yeah. even get a reward off of that when you actually vote for yes and no. That's interesting. I like that. So you're so it's the actual creators that exactly. are kind of judging themselves. Yes. Ah, uh, yeah. And I would assume that that, I mean, while that might open it up for for gaming the system down the road, at least now you have the ability to, you know, usually when there's no like shenanigans or whatever, like usually artists are very hard on themselves. Yeah, they are. Right. Yes. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so then I yeah. guess go ahead go ahead go for it so in the in the in it's not on the mvp yet but in the protocol there will be when you're um putting a job onto the tailor board um where the tailors can grab the job you have like a um a, a small comment field where you can put on two to three sentences so that let's imagine you want to have your nft made by me but you can then shoot over in this comment window like two to three sentences but basically everything behind the scenes are really is really chosen by the tailor. Also, the quality will be will be then um, defined by the tailors if it's good or not. Um, everybody should know then the requirements of Decentraland, how many triases and stuff like that, the poly counts. Um, so then you have these different tailors for different virtual worlds, and you also get badges. Then you have you the tailors in the background get it get a Decentraland badge, and then you're actually then verified to actually approve or disapprove um, DAO votings via these batches in the background. So it's basically a whole system around this this Taylor DAO, which, uh, yeah, the approving and disapproving of, of items comes then together. That's awesome. And the Taylor DAO is live now. No, the Taylor DAO is also live when the protocol itself is live. So that yeah. is basically when our token will be live. And this is actually happening on April 20th this year. Ah, awesome, man. Yeah, this is... I'm always fascinated. I, I've, you know, done a lot of research into DAOs because um, for our project, for Adult Fantasy, um, you know, we're, we're a decentralized narrative universe. Mm -hmm. um, and so my background, I worked at Marvel for a long time. I worked at Cartoon Network and Adult Swim for a long time. Got to work with Stan Lee when he was alive. Um, and so we're, we're kind of taking that model of, of what the Marvel Universe did in the 20th century, right? These, these character mythos mm -hmm. universes. And we're bringing it into the 21st century. Right. That's nice. And, and, but one of the, one of the things that's so interesting is, um, you know, we have, there's a, just like this, there's a lot of management and moving pieces. And one of the things that's that I, I, I guess my question to you about the DAO is how, mm -hmm. how do you, is, what are you modeling? And, and I ask that because one of the things that come up, came up at least in my research and to be, to be totally transparent, I, I did it a little bit, you know, I'm not, I'm not super deep into it. I asked a lot of yeah. people, but I'm not super versed in it. Um, but my takeaway from the DAO community was that on the surface, everyone's like DAOs of the future. Mm -hmm. uh, right. And I believe that too. I think DAOs have a huge part to play in whatever's coming, yes. but there's a lot of danger there because behind the scenes, when you talk to a lot of people, Everyone's kind of doing their own thing. They don't really know what they're doing. Like mm -hmm. there's there's a lot of guesswork that that naturally this is not a bad thing. It naturally has to happen. This is this is how things get made. Yep. But but everyone has their own opinion 
-hmm. And every DAO is set up differently because the the project or the protocol is different, right? Mm -hmm. So there's not like a, I call it the the McDonald's template, right? There's not a mm -hmm. there's not a McDonald's franchise model where where it's like the you know the burgers go here and the oven goes there or, or yeah. whatever. So how do you how when you're building a DAO and you're looking at all of these different possibilities. Mm -hmm. And if you're like me, like I saw so many cool things and so many amazing ways to do something that was like the, one of the reasons I turned it off is because I was like, everything is so awesome. And I don't know what I'm doing because it's yeah. so freaking cool. So how do you kind of navigate that when you're making your own DAO? Um, so for our DAO, um, it's actually not that hard to make honestly because the DAO is mainly focused on uh, like I said before this um, how do I call that it, it could be called 3D governance where these people are then um, so imagine the 3D governance as a, a person which has like this special access to, to our registry um, to approve these 3D assets to say yep this looks good and nope this you should revise that again we um there how do i explain that there needs to be a a small centralized way because our head 3d 3d designer um who's actually also a 10 year plus um experienced 3d designer with different games and meta and not metaverse but different um virtual worlds like social interactive worlds um, this guy um, goes through the, the portfolios of the of the different tailors, looks up, hey, what did you do in the past? Did you did you more like gaming stuff like avatars or weapons, or did you do more environment stuff like furniture and stuff like that? So this also comes in hand later on. Um, so this is basically the 3D governance part, where um, the tailors actually need to undergo a KYC part. Um, this is basically mm -hmm. what it is because. Um, the 3D governance part will then also get revenue off of the items because um, after the improvement of the item itself, the DAO says yes, and the holder in the protocol can choose the different revenue streams for the different participants. That's why it's actually a bit a bit more decentralized rather than centralized. So again, I give you an example. If you have an NFT, you jump onto the protocol and put the job onto the live board. Mm -hmm. you are actually then able to say between 5 and 20% which people get that amount of revenue. So you can minimum say the metaverse where the NFT gets in gets 5% off of the revenue, the tailor gets 5% off of the revenue, and the NFT collection also gets 5% of the revenue. So this I see. From, from, this, from the drop that comes from whatever it is that the tailor down makes. Yes, exactly. And you... And you actually, as the holder, can you, you have three different slides on the live protocol then. And let's say you're bridging your NFT to Somnium Space. Um, Somnium Space, maybe in the future, also have their own token. So you can say you get 20% in the Metaverse token, you get 20% in the Style token, but you can also get 20% in USDC. But this is basically also covered via our interoperability marketplace, where the item then gets actually listed. Because this is then the next part what we're going to open up. We're opening up NFT sub-licensing mechanisms. This is basically running through a marketplace where you can pay in any ERC-20 currency. Interesting. Okay, so so, so the currency, I mean, the, the payment mechanism will come later, right? And the, market, the marketplace comes later. The um, marketplace is actually live right now. It can be also found on marketplace.protocol.style. 
Um, there are some some um, models we actually made for ourselves. I made also my new Tokyo citizen there. I made my steady stack Titan there. Like I'm also a bit a bit of an NFT OG. Um, and we also worked with Board Ape members, Mutant Ape members. We literally had anyone, Clonex, CryptoPunks, all what you can imagine from the from the blue chip collections we basically made. That's wicked, man. So what do you what do you think and what's your approach to like so something like something like Board Ape mm-hmm. uh, makes sense because you have you basically have the the profile picture avatar. Um, and most people just kind of invent from the neck down, you know, from the shoulders down, they just kind of invent it. Yep. What do you, what do you do for characters or how would you approach characters that are a hundred percent unique? So I'll give you an example. Um, just, just coming up w- with ours, right? So mm-hmm. one of the things that makes adult fantasy different is that we did from the jump, we did full body characters. So it's, mm-hmm. it's full body. Like if you look at our NFTs, they're like old school, um, collectible cards. Mm-hmm. right so they're full body character cards um and every there, there's no repetitive on by design there's no repetitive body shape mm-hmm. so every single character is different every single shape is different so you're not going to have um one single style like a board ape style or mm-hmm. even a neo tokyo even though neo tokyo has different components and elements it's still mm-hmm. kind of the same body shape yes right so how do you how would you approach that? Would you have to would you have to I mean, I assume you'd have to just sculpt one by one by one, but it would be a different process. Mm, I mean, when we're doing like one on one unique um, characters, this is ba- also, mm, to make it maybe clear for for all of you, which then also, I guess, uh, answers the question is um, we're creating the 3d models um out of the nfts only on demand so you have the possibility actually to come to us as an nft collection and say yeah we want to have like 3333 avatars of our nft collection Mm -hmm. but that's also not the way how actually it it works because in my opinion and also in, in our vision what we have not 100% of the holders want to actually have a 3D model with right. their NFT. Some of them are basically also in the point of saying, yeah, I minted this or I bought this and I hope literally that everyone or someone else will buy it for more Ethereum than I minted it. This is basically like the trade and buy and sell um, um, function of the NFT itself to get it more rare. Maybe they get utility perks, which no other project has, etc., to to have a bit of a price uh, evaluation, which is more than the minting price. Mm-hmm. Um, but we casually, when we also analyze it, um, most of the time there are even uh, like these whale holders in the different NFT collections who maybe have like fifty to sixty NFTs or so. Basically, these people just don't want to have 53 3d avatars from the nfc collection itself right so just, they're, gonna pick, they're gonna pick their favorite one their favorite avatar exactly, yeah they have their one maybe the rarest or stuff like that or from their opinion the coolest looking with the coolest animation etc everyone has a different taste which is also really cool but coming back to the question is um we're basically doing all of this on demand and that's why the actual protocol then has a job offer um, not a job offer a, a job board in the background for the 3d designers imagine we had like a nft collection who wants to have like 5,000 3d avatars and this is in the job board right basically yeah. every tailor is then like doing the 5,000 <laughs> yeah, right. yeah and this is and, and we 
it's it's possible maybe in like two to three weeks or so with Blender and have to have all this Python files set it up to render it render them automatically. Um, but yeah, basically for 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 us, it's only like doing it on demand because it only makes sense like this. Mm. That makes sense. I could I can that yeah that makes that that's more logical, right? Like I see your point. Like it's not necessarily hey here's an entire project go make it. Exactly. Right. Yeah, it's, and it's there, unique one by one as, yes. as people want it. So, yeah. so you're not going to have that crazy, like, you know, at least not from one project. You're probably not going to have yeah, some crazy. Exactly. Like, make ten thousand items. You know. I mean, yeah. It, I mean, when 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 a guy or a girl or whoever um, wants to wants to do it are not from the from the or is, has not the information of how many time, how many hours you actually need to create a 3D model and just say, yeah, create my whole 10,000 NFT collection in, a, in 3D. We then say, yeah, we can do that, but we take two and a half, three months. Right, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, and obviously that then would be like a price point where also most of the people say just no. Right. <laughs> because then like, when you when, imagine like creating 10,000 3D characters from scratch. It's like literally two to three months for like yeah. 20 people or so. Yeah, literally. that's huge. That's huge. Yeah. You need to create every perk, every trait, every skin color, every whatever a character has, like the whole, if they have a different equipments, a backpack, a hat, headphones, everyone is unique. Okay, I get that you can maybe create the traits for itself. And then like what I said with the Python scripts, you can then shoot them all together mm -hmm. and you have like one base rig mm -hmm. but when there is not actually one base rig imagine you only have um a woman and a female and a male character you also have to do it like the same time doubled right no that makes that's that actually makes total sense yeah i i see i see the point um so one other thing i'm gonna bounce back to the dow for a second because it's something that just popped in my head Yes. Um, so you have you have the DAO. You've got the Taylor DAO, which I completely get, and I think it's. I actually think it's pretty brilliant, and and I think you're right. I, I believe, at least in, at least as you explain it, the more simple it can be, and the more direct it can be, the better the chance of success. Yes. I think the challenge that a lot of DAOs have is that they are reinventing the wheel so much that there's multiple fail points. Right. There's a lot of there's a lot of places where it could fail, and there and all you need is one one bad step and the whole thing kind of kind of falls yes um, but, so i th the model that you're talking about is exists it's been proven um there's plenty of web2 companies in different in different ways that do that do this type of thing just not you're you're taking it like one step further right mm -hmm. you're kind of pushing it pushing the boundaries in one direction instead of like seven exactly so that's that's pretty cool like so the, and the so the token that you're dropping mm -hmm. the token is going to be how how does the token fit into everything? The token is actually the fuel for the whole ecosystem. So um, first of all, like from the get go, it's not a payment token. It's really only a utility token to actually use the protocol itself. So um, the token is named Style, just for the for the sake of naming it. Style, cool, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just the, the dollar sign before it, and then Style all in caps. Um, so basically what the token opens, and that's also then coming to the to the DAO structure, what we have. Um, maybe to answer the DAO, the DAO structure um, again real quick, because we covered the 3D governance. There is also a community developer governance, um, which basically is a person 
um, who's interested in like locally promoting the protocol and bringing exciting NFT projects into the ecosystem. So this is basically the, we call it just a community developer um, type of the or structure of the DAO. And yeah, they will also get the the resources to host like community events and stuff like that in the in the future in these different virtual worlds. So um, basically, this one is more of a um, tier system, I would say. So we have also three different tiers in the DAO. Basically, you're a normal um, style token holder. Like normal is also just a a, a term of. We call it in the white paper, like every style holder, not like a normal style holder, just every style token holder yeah. can then participate in this in these future votings where also people can decide, hey, style protocol, you should consider to uh, connect with game XYZ because they have a cool gaming mode and we also want to have our avatars there. They're running on Unity, easier for us. We have the SDK for it, like every tech-wise, everything works. You should jump on the project. People with these amount of tokens then can really um, put in proposals. Then we have a vote about it. Um, I don't really get why people should say no when we jump into a new game or stuff like that. But right. we just want to have a voting for for the sake of having a DAO because a DAO is like the decentralized way of like decide things mm -hmm. on the um, base decision system of the community itself. Interesting. So, um, yes. uh, so really quick, I'm going to jump over to chat. Just yeah. say hello to some of the people that showed up tonight. Uh, MK, how you doing? GMGM, how are you? Welcome. Uh, Dusty always makes me say hi to him, even though he's here. <laughs> Dusty, what's up? How are you doing? Uh, Galaxy, hey, hey, welcome. Thank you for showing up. Uh, Bad Kitty, how are you? Bad Kitty has a great question. Uh, she says, really cool website. 3D designers can really optimize the entire gaming experience. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. And that's, uh, I think... I think what we're going to do, I, I'm seeing more and more of this, right? I'm seeing more and more people kind of try to bridge the gap between the 2D uh, avatar or the 2D NFT and somehow bring it into either 3D um, or or more animated 2D. Like there's a lot of ways that people are trying to do it. Um, do you think, do you feel like the that bridge is finally here like where people are kind of switching do you see a trend where people are starting to switch gears and start moving more into uh like full-on 3d assets or do you think it's the trend's going to continue of like 2d pfp drops and and just like coalesce around different types of utility um I'm more of the um I'm more in headed headed down to the second part um I mean when we're looking at the whole let's say um, nft space the last three years since since the, the it it um it, it started to grow like when 2020 started the bull run um etc because of some things which happened in the world um we got a bit more focused on crypto we saw our way going into crypto then most of the people saw oh there are crypto punks we should just buy them up and then there was coming 2021 and then there was April and then there was Bored Ape and it, then it continues. What I, what do I want to say with this is all of that somewhat comes into, into a sort or in the form of different waves, which are then coming up the wave. First of all, there was, there was something happened in the world. Then uh, people jumped onto crypto. Then um, the people saw the CryptoPunks then they jump on the NFTs. 
Um, the NFTs didn't really had a utility back in the day. It was once again uh, coming down to the part. Hopefully another guy buys it for more Ethereum than I bought it, basically. Mm -hmm. um, then the, the wave of the utility NFTs were coming where you access the different, let's say, alpha groups. Also, New Tokyo was then coming up on November 2021. Stuff like these groups. Um, later, then, later on then, there was more... Um, the NFT collections of being um, like connected to games were coming where actually you hold like a different um, like DeFi kingdoms even that was like a game coming covering DeFi etc you have yeah. these different coins and you have some NFTs you have you had characters but it's basically only like a, a, a pixelized world where you run on mm. then the next wave in my opinion was actually the latest wave where, like you said, um, the NFTs were a bit more animated. There was also an Adidas drop with the Bored Ape guy and uh, right. with the Yuga Labs guys, where the whole yeah. NFT was like 3D animated and stuff like that. Then this wave comes. So basically, break down to the, to the pillar, what I want to say, it's all happening in waves. Mm -hmm. And I see the actual next wave is then when the first here um, mobile games will will jump on onto the train and you, you really see some maybe shooter games which we also work together for for creating avatars for different first person shooter games so we all know that there is fortnite mobile out there we all know there's PUBG online out there we all know there that there are games like clash of clans out there where you build a base from scratch and stuff like that and defend it or attack other bases like this base builder games um this will get a revamp i would say so um this is this is in our opinion or in our like a team the team opinion and in my and in my personal opinion also then the next wave where we see um the next like adoption wave i would say of uh, these nfts itself i would rather than even not calling them nfts anymore but that's like NFT. only also my personal opinion they would no, then be digital I, collectibles i yeah i say i'm i i move yeah. into digital collectibles Yep. Uh, and um, I'm I'm experimenting in my copy in my marketing language. I experiment mm -hmm. with uh, uh, blockchain uh, blockchain backed or blockchain enabled. Mm, yeah, uh, because also great, yes. because it's we're it's it's so sad, and I it, it makes me feel bad for humanity a little bit <laughs> that that you say NFT and everyone's like boo, and you're like exactly. blockchain enabled, and they're like that's awesome digital. <laughs> Bulls. you're like oh my God. okay we're there we're, we're at this point you know it's like yes. okay fine <laughs> like it hurts my head a little bit but yes I same yes yeah but yeah this this is just my my viewpoint on on how the the, the web 3 world is now actually developing so there was an ai coming like with chat gpt at the end of 2022 this is also also this industry comes some sort in waves we had the jasper ai we had the copy ai we had all these platforms coming up i was actually on on, on a website which I don't know if I could mention them, but it's just whatever it's called, futuretools.io. Mm -hmm. It was just listing all the all the AIs. Yeah. I was on there back in September 2022. There were like 70, 78 AIs on there. Oh, and recently when I was on, there were like 650 different AIs on there in like six months, seven months or so, which is literally crazy. But yeah, yeah. all of it's this comes down to this like wave process. Really, you're you're not wrong. I mean, it, it is true. Like in my, you know, I'm I'm uh, as part of part of my daily research. Like I'm signed up to hundreds of of mailing lists, 
Um, yeah. Just you know, some of them are newsletters, some of them are software companies, some mm-hmm. of them are marketers that I follow, and and you know I, I like their work. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a there was when ChatGPT hit. Well, when it hit mainstream, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think it hit us pretty early because we yeah. tend to be a little more cutting edge, and we just kind of be a little more. We were already using it, and I'm sure you were the same way, using it for three, four weeks, maybe even maybe even a couple of months before. Yes before like the mainstream media across the globe was like this thing is cool yeah and all of a sudden still to this day i i mean there was there was a period of about about three weeks where every email that i got every marketing message that i got had the word ai in it they were all pushing ai every youtuber was pushing ai um i'm now now i'm in the next phase where, where first it was you know the the marketing message was uh how not to let AI take your job, right? Or something mm-hmm. to that effect. Mm-hmm. And and now the marketing message is, which is kind of humorous. Uh, now the marketing message is, hey, we've added AI into our software. You can now use our tool. Yeah. And so it went from like, AI is going to take your job to how not to let AI take your job to AI is in our software. You can use it to your advantage. Like exactly. two months, three, like how long is, I don't even know when ChatGPT, like, it's probably been a minute now, but to me, you know, NFT time is so weird. Like crypto time is so yeah, hell yeah, so fast. Yes, so fast. Yeah, yeah so, Chat, ChatGPT came to light on I guess November first was yeah, the day. Wow. Thirty October, November first. Yeah, right. I guess. Yeah, unbelievable. It's like um, five five months only. Like, isn't it crazy? Is is super crazy? Yeah. So I have to, I've got to imagine, especially with, with style protocol and, and what you guys are doing that um, you're keeping tabs. Like I am like on at least my Twitter feed, like post, half of my Twitter feed now is, is uh, you know, control net and <laughs> stable diffusion and all of the, okay. all of the 3d rotating, you know, look, I made an, a, a full 360 environment in 15 seconds by yeah. typing a prompt. Like, are you, are you keeping eyes on that? Have you guys started playing with that? Like what, what's your, how I know, I know somewhere just from talking to you that I, I sense uh, a connection between those things coming. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, how are you, how are you pl- like working towards that? Thinking about integrating that, bringing that to, to the tailors inside the DAO. Mm-hmm. So which is actually um, so so first uh, first to answer this question which is actually really cool is we work with the metaverse together who's actually fully integrated um um chat gpt like the language model of gpt in the virtual world so when you're running around there with your avatar um you really think that you're interacting with real humans in there which is totally crazy so you have when when i remember back in the days when i played world of warcraft you have like this npc (laughs) uh, conversations you give it gives you a quest you do it it ends you go further but right now and this and it's by the way called ai land which is really a really cool guy is there from poland actually oh cool um they're building like really crazy nice stuff um and they literally integrate ai so fast into their metaverse that's why they call it ai land basically what i want to say is um yes we are definitely thinking about this um because what i was also telling uh, you in the beginning we are in we had chats basically with a with a founder which uh, who was from nvidia um who um named the 
I even wrote a paper. I guess it's called Magic 3D. You can you can find it somewhere on the internet. It's basically a PDF where he explains also the stuff what uh, what you were saying with the stable diffusion and combined with different other AI technologies which are actually there and and then trying to um, like really create a finished 3D avatar basically from one prompt. Wow. But like yeah. I, like like I said before, um, you have so much like room to make mistakes in a prompt um which in my opinion you the the better you 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 structure your prompt to getting a maybe something even from mid-journey right now the better you're making the prompt the more detail obviously then gets the character so in my opinion when we're at the point when the ai has enough data points from the actual internet itself Mm -hmm. and the human who sits in front of the pc and puts in the right prompt and really the 3d avatar is like finished and maybe what we are also talking uh, about in like one two three revisions or so from the ai itself where you then say change the weapon a bit change the clothes a bit to a more olive one because i have a soldier who want who needs to be like not seen in the woods or stuff like that when we are there it's it's it, honestly it's pretty far away yeah, yeah. even the mid-journey stuff looks honestly really good but imagine that mid-journey you grab out the model from mid-journey itself and you optimize it into a 3d asset which is basically working with animations these are so many data points it's honestly yeah. like really three to five years away yeah that's it but it, it amazes me that we're so close to it true me right? too i mean still three to five years i mean you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I've stopped guessing because I, I have yeah. consistently since this stuff started, I've consistently got it wrong. You know, I, we, were, yeah. we were playing with Midjourney pretty early, and um, one of you know, for on a production side, we were like, you know, it's it's not for our purposes anyway. It's not production ready. Mm -hmm. um, it's very difficult to kind of push in and and really like have it have it work, mm -hmm. and. Um, uh, but talking to some of our artists, uh, this guy Avery, who's, who did one of our comics, we were just shooting, you know, just talking back and forth. And uh, I was like, yeah, you know, what would we, he was like, what would be really cool is, is when they get to the point where you can actually control the posing of the character, then it's going to open up everything from a comic yes. standpoint, from layouts, from keyframes, mm -hmm. whatever it is that you're trying to produce. Once you can actually like, I want to I punch somebody, here's a pose mm -hmm. of punching, and then it can start to do that. Um, that's going to really open the door for things for production level. Yes. And, yeah, we're probably about three to five years away from that. You know, who yeah. knows? And sure yeah. enough, like a week later, ControlNet comes out and people are they're already <laughs> taking it into yeah. to things. Um, it's just yeah. mind blowing. Um, hey, we got some more people yes. with KG. What's up? Uh, hey, KG, how you doing? Uh, KG says uh, AI has exploded. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it has. Sure. Uh, <laughs> MK says, you know, you're early uh, when you're there before South Park parod parodies it. True. <laughs> That's right. Uh, J-Raw, what's up, J-Raw? How are you? Welcome. Uh, everyone says hi to J-Raw. How you guys doing? Um, all right. So so I guess my my th this all brings to the question, like, um, so I'm looking, I've got the marketplace pulled up and the, and the work is phenomenal. It's really good. And everybody mm -hmm. should check it out. Go to bridge.protocol.style and you can actually see the main page. And then if you just go to marketplace.protocol.style, um, really great stuff, like really top-notch 3D stuff. 
So really good. Um, how, as you roll this out, as you roll this stuff out, how are you, how are you planning to market it? Like get the word out about this? Cause that's one of the, I mentioned this because one of the challenges I think all projects have, and, and you know, I speak for a lot of people. Like I, I interview yes. a lot of people like the biggest problem and I'll, I'll just speak for ourselves. The biggest problem that, that we have at adult fantasy and, and we figure out ways around it, but uh, the biggest problem for any project and adult fantasy is that, you know, the, the, the main place where crypto is and the main place where, where web three is, uh, is Twitter and discord. Right. Yes. And Twitter, uh, Twitter ads are notoriously horrible and yes. web three people. I mean, there's been polls that say, do you trust, do you, does, does an ad from a project increase your trust or decrease your trust? And it's universally, yes. it decreases the trust. Yes. And then you have discord, which is, which is great. I love discord, but it's not an ad platform. There's no, there's it's a really it doesn't really have a good way to keep up with your community when your community's in web three and everyone has 200 discords right exactly so so what do you how do you plan on kind of bringing that together um so for us what we also figured out since we we started building um like the style protocol itself since last year in in february um the main thing for us is um like is like you really explained really well is twitter ads yeah elon is making the platform yeah a bit better and it, it, he tweaks it in my opinion in the first place what he wants to change yeah. and he wants to have to change on the platform and then maybe further down the line gets a more onto the onto the creator side where we then maybe get this longer 60 minutes videos on twitter uh, like a maybe competitor also to youtube a bit um and also live streams maybe we will also have like live streams and twitter spaces afterwards then where we then can live stream videos into twitter spaces like a discord stage like an ama stage which is then in discord or stuff like that but yeah basically for us and in my opinion um we want to and we we made it actually this way that's why we actually growth organically really really good um the last year is by focusing only on partnerships. We partner with any NFT collection who wants to jump on being interoperable in the different virtual worlds. We partnered with pretty crazy games which are coming up the, the next few months and uh, even in 2024. And obviously, um, one of our um, bigger partnerships is basically Sandbox, Decentraland, all these emerged metaverses. Mm -hmm. But there are also like... Um, Really, really quick. There is a, a a metaverse which is coming up, which is called Ultiverse. Um, it's basically one of the biggest uh, metaverses on the Binance Smart Chain. These oh. guys are nuts. These are building that on like the latest Unreal Engine Five graphic requirements. It's like basically the Call of Duty Warzone graphics when you play it like with a forty ninety Nvidia GeForce, which oh, every you, you see every shadow, you see yeah. every every different change in lightning and stuff like that these guys are heavily backed from binance and we also have them as partners we we also made an avatar for them from their nft collection their nft collection is called electric sheep and again in my in my opinion i talk actually literally every two to three days with different metaverse builders and yeah, this metaverse is, in my opinion, for right now, the most far advanced metaverse we have, like from re from the hyper realistic standpoint, mm -hmm. but also from the from the 
how do how do I how do I say that that it not sounds harsh? There are metaverse builders out there who are promising something, mm-hmm. and there are metaverse builders out there which, when you really see, okay, these guys know their stuff. There guys, these they, these guys really know how to develop this. These guys mm-hmm. really have the decentralized um, thought in their mind while creating a metaverse, and all of that honestly comes down. I'm also making a bit of advertising for them, but it's really great. You should actually look it up. It's called Ultiverse, like Ulti, like Ultimate, but Ultiverse. Like like um, multiverse without the M. Exactly, yes. Yeah. Um, even the trailer, when you look at it on the website, it's it's nuts when you when when there's like the flying thing through the portal. Amazing what they did there. And yeah, they're super um communicative. We we also partnered with an environment partner of them. We bring basically the avatars to their metaverse from the different collections. Then we also we didn't know that we were partnered with an environment um creator, but they also are partnered with Ultiverse, <laughs> and we just found it out. Hey, you guys are also on, on the Ultiverse partner list. What's up? And they're like, yeah, and it's also a really great connection with them. Um, yeah, it's, it's actually a super great community there. But long story short, we found um, when myself and even I'm, I'm the guy for the partnerships and the marketing, like the head of that in, in at Style Protocol, I'm basically talking to these uh, developers of the metaverses and also the different NFT collections and gamings um, games on a daily basis. And Maybe also that sounds a bit harsh, but sometimes I just see in, in the first like 10 to 15 minutes of a call if this if this game has potential to be something or if it's just the next like play to earn, Axie Infinity, Ponzi, whatever is out there. Yeah. Um, so you get a sense of evaluate, evaluating some stuff. Okay. But for us, since we're a decentralized open protocol, so also be, to be really transparent, we are VC funded. And we're not making a profit um, right now out of this. The profit comes later on when the protocol is then live. And we also get a bit of the of the portion when a NFT gets created and um, sold and bought and used in the different worlds. But right now, we're literally VC-funded. So we're not making profits off of that. So regarding the marketing is, the more and more cool partnerships you have, the more and more the word gets out there. Even when only one of these 50 games which we maybe have the next let's say one to two years explodes and maybe the gamers jump on and stream it on twitch um it maybe has a cool future to also jump between uh, a metaverse or a game they have on the one side a game they have on one side maybe a virtual world where you can hang up and meet these different people um when you only have like one of those um which are really great games coming up honestly um when you have one of those like the marketing is like getting easier and easier when you have more and more partnerships coming out in the future so we're open partnership wise to every cool project actually <laughs> that's so cool man that that's really awesome uh, uh coffee's in chat what's up coffee how are you welcome uh uh yeah you know it i think i think what you're doing is is really smart and especially with these by partnering with these different metaverses and these different organizations uh, and all these developers, because it's not it's not going to go away. It's just going to get bigger. And and as these new universes, metaverses, uh, decentral, you know, decentralized play areas uh, grow and change and morph and splinter, uh, you're positioning yourself in, a, in such a way to kind of be at the at the at the foundational level of it. Right. Yes. Um, 
So it definitely it's, it's, I think one of the challenges we have as founders and as projects and as companies is that we know we're early, right? Yep. We all yeah. know we're early yes. and, but, but the, the, the challenge is to be right on time early, right? Exactly. Early enough, but not way too early, you know? Yes. Um, and I, and I think, I think, and this is just my, my opinion, obviously, but, um, it seems like the trend is going toward in your direction. You know, there's, there are independent artists who are making avatars for games mm -hmm. based on, based on the PFPs. Right. Um, yeah. and what you're doing is actually multiplying it times, you know, X number of, 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 uh, metaverses, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah, that's really, really cool. So what's the, so the next steps for you guys, you've got, yeah, what, what are the next steps? I don't want to step on your launch here. Um, there are actually many next steps because um, that's maybe also a point what we, what we maybe also need to cover real quick. Um, when, when, you, when you're at the point of, of maybe like watching through the whole thing till right now, um, sometimes um, or most of the people then um, get a little sense of what we're doing, but we're, that, that's literally only like, let's say 30% of what we're doing mm. <laughs> until we talk right now. So basically um, what we also developed is um, there will also be uh, coming out uh, an article about this next week. So it's around the 16th or 17th. I will also travel to Austin for a, for a conference actually next year, uh, next week um, to Texas. But yeah, other than that, um, we basically... How do I explain that really easy? Um, um, we basically developed, finished, developed, um, or finally developed and back tested it um, like the last three to four weeks, um, different SDKs. Mm. Um, what a SDK is, it's a software development kit for actually the different virtual worlds to integrate our tech into their actually into their actual game or into their actual metaverse. We saw that um, we were firstly on a path where we were saying, guys, come to our website, use bridge.protocol.style to get your NFT um, into these different games and into, do, into these different metaverses to play around maybe a shooter game with your board ape or play a whatever puzzle game with your kitty cat. <laughs> um, that's what basically interoperability means. But we saw on the on the way when we actually developed style protocol, like also the platform itself, we saw that when you look up the whole marketplaces like OpenSea and Magic Eden and also even the Decentraland marketplace where 3D assets are on, these 3D assets are not secured. What do I mean by that? Mm. When you're a actual, so that's what uh, that's the thing what my um, what our CTO was telling us. And I don't know, and I hopefully you're not shocked right now, but you can basically go to OpenSea. There are maybe, let's say, 500 3D assets right now on there, even less. But you can go to the Decentraland marketplace and download the whole marketplace. So you can actually yeah. have every 3D asset on your hard drive from Decentraland itself. Wow. No, I didn't know that. 
yeah you can actually it's it's actually really easy so our cto make it like in 30 minutes he he jumped on the dcl marketplace and just <laughs> downloaded it to test it to see if that's working because that's maybe a, a core thing what i also need to explain why we why and also why we actually build sdks um we as a decentralized world and we as a decentralized thinking community also have in mind um, that we should only de be the owners of the NFT itself. But with the fact that you can go to the Decentraland marketplace and download it, it's once again like right click and copy and save. Right. Basically, what we've built is um, the, we name it even the, secured 3d asset nft minting which could and will hopefully be the standard for games and metaverses because we did all of that but basically behind um a security which is the signature from your wallet mm. so when you actually go to decentraland like i said before you can show you every 3d asset and go into the back end and like like i said our cto did it he downloaded the whole marketplace we have like 55 gigabyte or something of 3d assets from the marketplace <laughs> itself it's like every 3d asset so you can just go there and copy it with our one sdk two marketplace and three protocol you're not able to do it because the security is basically on chain and this is literally no what no one was doing before. So every 3D asset on our tech is connected via a signature from your MetaMask wallet attached to your original NFT. So mm. only the holder can securely verify that he or she is the real owner of the NFT. Decentraland yeah. cannot do that. Sandbox cannot do that. No one can do that, basically. And that's why we actually want to implement the 3D minting standard because every 3D asset which gets minted through us has this security mechanism attached that you cannot just right-click and download like it's on OpenSea. It's just not doable. Why? Why do these? Why does do these platforms like Sandbox and Decentraland like? Why is this a thing? We don't know either, honestly. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I had no idea. No idea. You yeah. would think you would think that it would be it would be there from the scratch, but at least at least since it's not, then I'm glad you solved it. Yeah, it's this this is this was from us like a our CTO was like, what the hell are these guys doing? It's just putting it onto a centralized server and just right, right click and save all of this. But we're just having this secure mechanism. Um, by really having the secure mechanism on chain and the 3D asset itself is saved on IPFS, so it's like secured in, in the two different security forms would would yeah you can't you can't just you cannot just crack it, it it's mm. not you you can't even you only can crack it when you obviously like drain the wallet of the holder and then signature it with right. your normal, trade normal thievery right exactly yeah it's just it's just not doable what do i what do i want to say with this is basically um that we are then once more going into this what we all somehow want like the security of assets of this being also interoperable in these two different in, in these two ways but in the same time so 
you have different models of your NFT, but you're also secured behind your wallet signature and also by saving it onto IPFS and not really putting the asset, let's say, onto the OpenSea marketplace. And you can then just go once again to the backend and download the, the, the real JPEG itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Exactly. So so this the SDK is coming out or it's being developed. The right? SDK is actually finished. We actually... Oh. Um, f- yeah, we've, we've finalized, we've, I cannot, I, I, I unfortunately cannot say with which game we integrated uh, it because it, it's coming out in, let's say, about a week or two. And we're finally in, this, in, the, in the discussion with them regarding how we market that. Mm-hmm. But it's basically the SDK integrated into a first-person shooter game, um, which the marketplace of the first person shooter game is also connected to our marketplace so mm. all of our assets are showing up in their marketplace all mm. of their assets are showing up in our marketplace this is also the connector what the sdk is opening up and basically the sdk makes it work that when a job is done from a tailor and it's maybe optimized for these graphic requirements you instantly can use it in the game right it automatically shows up exactly Ah, so cool. Excellent. So so we've got the SDK. You've got a token drop in April? Yes. Right? It, it's somewhat a funny a funny date. It's 420, but we just want to do it like that. <laughs> yeah, very smart. Very smart. Uh, universal launch day in Web3. Yeah. Uh, uh, what else? That's a pretty stack. That's already a stack schedule. What else you got? Yeah, exactly. Um, we um, The SDK is two-sided the sdk needs to be different developed actually for unreal engine 5 so the sdk for unity is completely done um also maybe there is a founder or a creator of a game right now watching this if your game is on unity just connect to us we can all even we can connect you to the supply chain of the of the assets we have in, in our marketplace and also later on from the other games so if it's based on unity we can integrate it even in my CTO said we can integrate it in 30 minutes into the game. It's Excellent. that easy. It's that easy. That's awesome. We're our, uh, our entire project is unity. We built a, to, for us to show the, the, we have these, um, we invented a technology that allows us to, to, uh, randomize and, and create generative damage on NFTs uh-huh. on properties, uh-huh. right. To, to create one of one, uh, rarity, right. Got it. Um, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, so what we the way we solved it was to to create a, a game engine from scratch. What? Okay, <laughs> nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's our, nice. Our lead game dev is a little crazy, so he's like, "Yeah, I'll just build that's it." That's like, great. Okay, yeah. Do it. That's great. So, yeah. So it's yeah, the, really, it's really cool. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I yeah, I want to I want to see some some of that stuff maybe later down the road. Then for sure, for sure, we definitely will. Well, Tim, it's been fantastic, man. I'm I'm so excited. Um, uh, style protocol sounds absolutely amazing. And, and I'm going to be keeping my ears and eyes open for these press releases. Cause you're, I have a feeling you're about to hit pretty hard and I, I'm, I, I can't wait to see it. Appreciate it, Todd. Thank you. That's, yeah. that's yeah. Amazing. Absolutely. absolutely, man. So where, where can we point people? Uh, how can we get them in touch with you? How can we get uh, as many eyeballs as possible to style protocol? 
Uh, obviously, the easiest way is, uh, again, the basic Web3 uh, communication stuff, what we have. It's just Twitter, twitter.com slash style protocol. It's just also Discord. I guess it's discord.gg is still working. So it's just discord.gg also slash style protocol. Um, yeah, it's always GM. It's 3 a.m. here in, in Germany oh, and in geez. Europe. So, I mean, we're basically always on. <laughs> And yeah, we're we're trying to be the the supply chain and the backbone of the 3D world. So there we go. <laughs> Absolutely, that's awesome. So everybody, please, 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 uh, uh, go follow Tim. Go check out Style Protocol. Uh, follow Style Protocol and visit bridge.protocol.style. Um, they're doing fantastic work, and I think this is going to be a, a very big thing. And I think I think Tim, what you guys are doing is is absolutely incredible, and I really do. Uh, mean it when I say that I think you're you're kind of hitting the right thing at the right time, uh, most definitely. Hello, appreciate it, Todd. Again, absolutely. <laughs> well, uh, thanks again, everybody. Uh, thank you guys so much. And uh, uh, with that said, we love you. Uh, take care. Uh, God bless, and we will see you next time on Evening Alpha. And yeah, peace out. Bye, everybody. Peace.